0: Right? Where are you checking in with your mind? Are you checking in with your body? Are you checking in with your heart? And are you checking in with your word? Because if you're out of integrity in any of those places, then your frequency is always going to be off. And it's the recognition, too, that when we're out of integrity, we get the opportunity to come back into integrity always. And when we recognize and acknowledge that we're always out of integrity in some way, shape, or form, we always have this way to reorient ourselves, right? It's like this recalibration that happens. And in this recalibration, which is what you're speaking to, where it's like, I'm on, but then I'm off. And then I recalibrate on the in-between. And when I feel good and when I've recalibrated what needs to be recalibrated, then when I do show up, the effects speak for themselves. The results speak for themselves, I mean. And I, and I think that is more of an action plan for people who might be listening and, and kind of looking at that, right? Cause it's all about checking in right internal reality projected in an external reality, right? Reflection and projections. We know how this works. And when we really master that, or at least come into contact with it to a deeper degree, every time we visit it, then things start to happen more seamlessly, right? There's more ease. There's more peace because we get to be honest with ourselves. We get to come into contact with the truth of who we are versus who we think we need to show up as because we've adopted some identity, whether it's through our social media or our title or responsibility in the workplace.
1: Welcome to Masculine Mastery. A show dedicated to helping men open their hearts, rise into their greatness, and liberate their most alive, awakened, and authentic selves. My name is Christopher August, and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. Is happening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Masculine Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Christopher August, and today we have a special guest on the show, Mr. Nathan Kohlerman. And I've known Nathan for a couple of years now, just through similar friend circles and Uh, Through social media, we've connected a few times and, you know, I really found his story fascinating, which you're going to hear in just a moment here around just the life that he's lived, you know, from being involved in gangs into the military now, you know, in the transformational space of supporting and empowering people. And yeah, it was been a very fascinating uh, conversation to have. Uh, based on his personal journey and where he's been over these years. And so you're going to hear that in a moment. And really what we're going to talk about today and the core sort of theme of this episode is around integrity and something that I've been also contemplating within myself and the places in which perhaps I'm in or out of integrity, whether it's in my relationships and my health and well-being, my work, whatever it is you know, this is a constant question, whether I'm living in integrity with my soul. So that is sort of the theme. We will dive down various different rabbit holes in this conversation. But uh, overall, that is what we will be discussing. And I really hope that you find some value in this conversation. I know I did uh, just being a part of it. and, And yeah, hopefully you will find the same. So, before we get into the episode, uh, just a few things to note. If you like the podcast, please consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing. It really helps to get the word out. And right now, there are many people who could use the help of a lot of these conversations and use the support and feel heard and seen in what they might be going through. So, for you to share, for you to like it, for you to follow it, it really helps to spread the message. And Lastly, before we dive in, I'm super excited because we're about to kick off our signature program, a part of Masculine Mastery called Legendary Leadership, and this is a 12-week program, 11 weeks online, and followed by a four-day, three-night retreat, 10 men going through this incredible container to help become and support them in becoming better leaders within themselves and within the world around them and to heal, transform, optimize, and elevate themselves on all levels. And so I'm super, super excited for this container to kick off. So we have this one kicking off in July, and then we're going to have another one starting in November. So if you want more information on the program itself and you want to get on the wait list for the next one, you can go and do that by going to masculinemastery.co slash leadership and find out all of the details there. So without further ado, let's dive in. And I hope you enjoy this conversation between Nathan and myself. What's happening, everybody? We are back for another episode of the Masculine Mastery Podcast, and uh, you know it's been it's been a, a wild few months. You know, I've been doing a few different episodes, but really was backlogged for a while. So now I'm back into the studio recording and just having some really aligned people in my sphere come on the show. And today I have. Nathan Kohlerman. And Nathan is a father. He's a reverend, a speaker, visionary, therapist, veteran, and founder of New Intention and co-founder of the Refuge Leadership Academy. And so um, I think, I don't know, how did we how did we connect originally, brother? I don't remember.
0: I think we connected on social media somehow, some way. I think we got plugged in together through either one of the breath worker communities or something like that. I think it was somewhere along those lines.
1: Cool. Well, nonetheless, we're here in this space and yeah, I was thinking about that before the show. I'm like, oh, I can't remember how we connected, but anyways, you know, it's really really good to be joined with you. I know you've gone through quite the evolution and expansion since we last spoke and, you know, as we all have, you know, including myself and, hell, such as the nature of life to go through these changes and and evolutions. And so before we get into you know sort of the depth in which we feel called to speak to today, just give people a little bit about your background, um, really where you were to where you are now, and sort of the key milestones and you know some highlights that have shaped your journey as a as a man in this world.
0: Yeah, thank you, man. And you know, in younger years, I was very isolated, very alone. Didn't really have any friends until I was about 14. So the primary focus of my life since I was like five years old was mixed martial arts and really getting familiar with my body, right? Being familiar with my emotions, kind of finding a way to express them in different ways. So like a lack of expression as a man was never really there. Like I was always expressive, um, but not always received, you know, cause I was kind of goofy, kind of weird. And I had quite a chaotic childhood and I know that definitely played a part cause I really just had this deep longing to be accepted and to be seen and to feel like I belonged. Right. Cause I was when I was seven I had attempted suicide by swallowing a bottle of pills. The bullying and harassing was pretty bad, <laughs> I guess you could say. And I didn't know how to manage that or cope with it. You know, I didn't really have a safe space outside of dojo and the only real safe space I had was with my mom because my dad does his best as all our parents do and I've been able to see past a lot of what I went through with him, but the anger, frustrations, addictions, lack of safety definitely played a role, whether it was just a lack of being present emotionally or physically just because my parents were just you know the culture that we grew up in you know it was like work by day school by night school by day work by night and it was a really turbulent time for families back then so I don't hold much of that against it but when my parents split I still sought that belonging in that community and that's how I got eventually introduced to gangs you know because I could fight and I took the divorce really bad and eventually I made enough noise to where Certain people saw me and they're like, hey, like, you want a family? You want to come, you know, put those skills to the test? And they accepted me. So I went on that path, uh, which led to me getting kicked out of several schools, going into drugs, eventually leading to heroin. I was selling ecstasy. I was selling heroin. I was like doing some really sketchy stuff down here in Phoenix and sitting outside of cartel members' houses, armed robberies. I was more of an enforcer, so I'd do most of the kicking in of doors and that kind of stuff until I almost had like a near-death experience where the back window was shot out and the bullet was right in the dash and I brushed it off. But later that night, I remember like, this is not okay. And I almost died, like quite literally, not by my own hands, which is something that scared the living shit out of me. So I asked my sister for some help. She told my mom. They sat me down, kind of intervention style, but really told me, like, if I didn't stop what I was doing, I'd wind up dead or in prison. And then, as fate normally works, the recruiters were standing outside of my high school steps, and I saw them, and that was it, man. Talked to them, signed my contract at 17, made up a whole year of high school that I missed in my third year to. Graduate on time and leave after my 18th birthday. So that started my military career. And then I served for five and a half years until I was medically discharged. So I'm technically on paper, 100% permanently and totally disabled with 31 different diagnoses and seven or eight different medications they wanted to put me on. And during that time in the military, I fell in love with fitness. I ended up getting into a fight on my 19th birthday. So I got locked down to base. And they literally said, like, you can go to the gym, you can eat and you can go pray. But I was an atheist at the time and I didn't really believe in any organized religion or connection to God or anything like that. So I just became a workout junkie, man. I went from like (laughs) from junkie on the streets to, you know, junkie in the gym. And Mm -hmm. it carried over, you know, pretty well. So, you know, all that being said, that's when I really started having an outlet that was actually healthy for the first time in my life. And that's what the military provided me more than anything was just a healthy structure, a healthy framework, a healthy way of life that I could actually pursue my goals and also find my own way of becoming a leader. So by the time I was 20 years old, I was promoted to Sergeant five days after my daughter was born when I became a father. And then I deployed 2013 did nine months overseas in the middle East which sucked because I missed out a lot of time with my daughter, you know, when she was six months old, came back, got a divorce, met my son's mom and served the rest of my time. So when I got out, you know, I was again, like heavily into fitness and I was discharged for compartment syndrome, in both my legs because I was mm-hmm. overtraining. So I was like training for special forces. I was bodybuilding. I was, I just put my body through shit and when I got out, the only thing I had under my belt was a personal training certification and a pretty decently well chiseled body. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I wanted to fitness and I trained bodybuilders and I was in Scottsdale, Arizona. So a lot of it was, you know, trophy wives and <laughs> professional athletes kind of thing, um, which was not a sustainable career to say the least. I was doing like 60, 80 hours a week. I got brought on as a sales manager and I was making decent money, but it wasn't fulfilling, you know, because my passion had become something more about profit and something to, you know, stack more accolades on top of my awards and decorations. And it opened the opportunity for me to get more certifications. And then I started moving into this path of like hyperachiever, right? Mm. The path of the hyperachiever. And I started putting a lot of my value and a lot of my worth there. So if I didn't want to show, if I didn't land a client, if I didn't make a deal, it would debilitate me. And I would just be So fucking angry all the time. I was juiced up on like six different steroids, growth hormones, 253 pounds, didn't enjoy people. I used to think that humanity was the worst thing to happen to the planet. So that can tell you how angry I was just as a resting state. You know, that's all I really knew, especially fighting from young ages and all those things, right? They just started stacking and compounding on top of one another. And fitness and bodybuilding gave me the ability to conceal my pain underneath all of my mass, underneath all of those muscles and tissues. And it wasn't until I leaned on a granite counter March 21st, 2017, where it snapped off, ripped my whole hand open four tendons, radial artery, median nerve, still can't really feel my first two fingers, but I have, we'll call it energetic sensitivity. So like built in tuning forks now, which really helps with like energy work and somatic work for sure. Um, but that was a really tough time, man. You know, going through like Seven months of rehab, quarter million dollars in surgeries, a couple different lawsuits. And after all that was said and done, the settlement is what I used to start my business and pursue additional education. And that's when I became an entrepreneur around like July 2017. Officially Mm -hmm. launched my first business, January of 2018. And ever since then, man, I've just been really, really deep in transformation work. And I remember the first experience I did, it was Landmark. Not sure if you're familiar. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, I was contemplating suicide at the time. had a gun in my hand and everything. My client called me and she said, hey, I think you should come to this thing. So I said yes. And the ceremony began as it normally does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, man, I started in, in that pathway, just personal leadership work. I got into psychedelics and breath work. Shortly after that in 2018 I got deep into channeling and mediumship work and energy work and mysticism until you know that path kind of unfolded in a direction where it didn't really resonate with me anymore because I was going really really deep down the more esoteric path and I wanted to find something more grounding for me personally and something that could really equip me with realistic skills to work with the realistic world and over the years, I've just invested so much, whether it's just into my own personal skills and trauma and somatics and becoming a transpersonal therapist and now being a minister, reverend of redemption, I say. And over the last, I would say six months, I've kind of phased away from the coaching, the consulting, the mentorship, and really stepping fully into using my voice and creating art through my words whether that's through written or spoken and my real passion now is just to light people's souls on fire and to help people safely navigate the darkness and to find the absolute and unconditional love that lives in the shadow which is the forgotten path i would say Mm -hmm. and to now translate a lot of these teachings and learnings and experience over the last i would say 10 years of leadership work or so into text, into a book, into things that will actually last far longer than when I choose to go. Mm -hmm. And that was really ignited by my mother's death back in October when she was killed in a pretty terrible motorcycle accident. And that lit some shit up in me, like the darkest, most sinister, murderistic thoughts, feelings, emotions, and I could have down gone down a really bad path if I haven't done the work that I have these, what now, six years, just yeah. putting everything I've ever earned into just wanting to feel functional in society. And I really sat with myself after she passed away because, you know, she left materials, right? She left the house and the cars and the will and the money and all these things, but I don't really care about that stuff. You know, the material world is just what it is, you know? And I, I want to leave something behind that one, my children can be proud of. And two, that people can still receive healing even after my life is done, at least for this time. Mm. And that's where, You know spiritual psychopath was born that's where i started really stepping into who i really am and what really lights me up being my mission ultimately Mm. to really help seekers and leaders navigate their darkness and access those levels and layers of safety love freedom truth wisdom
1: yeah yeah, that's you know everything you said there, and I want to stop. I want to stop you there uh, intentionally for just a moment because there was a lot that you covered within that short little segment there, or extended segment, I should say, and and just the beautiful um, experiences. And I call them beautiful for a reason because clearly they've been a catalyst for serving you to where you are today. As everything is whether we perceive it to be negative or positive, that's all just catalysts to bring us deeper into as you express that truth within. And, you know, that mission that you're on right now, um, that this calling you feel called to, to step into on a deeper level, you know, if, if you are sharing these things, then you yourself better be ready to embody these things, right? We know how it works. It's like, calling us our, our mission is calling us deeper into our own personal truth. And really that's the, that's the gold that is waiting to be mined through us in service. Cause as we serve the whole, we are also serving ourselves in that way. So key, key things you mentioned there. And, you know, in the beginning you said something that I think is really important and why you seek the certain, uh, communal experiences you did, uh, particularly with gangs. And and I've heard this before from other people that have also experienced that sort of lifestyle. It's this core desire of humanity seeking to be heard, to be seen, to be felt, to be loved, to be accepted. And really, if we boil it all down, we are just wanting that so desperately and we do whatever we can to attain that. But we're not also looking at ourselves. And so I would like to hear a little bit more about that from you in regards to more so now that you've gone through these experiences, now that you're in this place within your mission, your life as a father, as you know, a, a guide and, and, and so forth, how are you feeling in regards to that sentiment of feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling loved, feeling accepted in who you are? How has that been for you and what's been that transition from where you were to this moment?
0: Yeah. So from where I was when I got into, you know, gangs around 15, 16, it was around like my 16th birthday, I want to say through all my time in the military, which I got out when I was 24. So I was eight years and that eight years I put my value in my violence And that is how I got the attention, the acceptance, the love, the belonging, or at least the perceived elements of such, because that's what I thought my worth was. I thought my worth was how much could I hurt someone and how much praise will I receive by doing so? And of course that bled out into relationships that bled out into, you know, the way I led and carried myself because I was a non-commissioned officer, but I led with this false sense of power, right? This force, this domineering, dominating force. And that is what I thought made me belong. And it wasn't until I basically lost my hand function that I realized, wow, now that I don't have any physical force, then who am I, right? What value do I have? Because if I can't use my hands, if I can't use my fists, if I can't sculpt my body, if I can't step on stage and win the award, what am I doing here? You know, and that, that really woke something up in me. And that was in that moment of contemplation, holding the gun and getting the call and finding this work was the pivotal moment because I was actually for the first time when I went to that growth seminar, it was the first time I was in the room with people who really genuinely wanted to be better humans. And and that was a huge shift for me from going from seeking validation and attention based on my performance and based on what I'm able to do to having attention and acknowledgement and recognition for who I am and what I was going through and where people can resonate with my pain when I felt for so long, for 24, 25 years that I was the only one who felt that way. It was absolutely reality shattering, you know, to go from one paradigm to the other, quite literally. And that, that's what that was for me.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a huge, huge moment. I can feel that, you know, as you describe that, because what, you know, this older version of yourself was, as you mentioned, what's hiding behind this sense of power, the sense of control as a protection mechanism from to fully feel perhaps the sadness and the grief that maybe was never felt before that. And of course, you know, we all dealing with these, these sort of wounds of rejection and abandonment in some way. And so we try to fulfill this void that we feel within through mirrored of different ways. And, and of course, of course, with your story, you know, and what you experienced it, um, it really, I, I really truly believe that when you're sharing this, you know, it's not just sharing it, of course, as just a story, but it's really the story of not only yourself, but of many men that are out there that are also hiding behind these certain masks that they wear and desperately seeking to go beyond them, but they don't know where to go. They don't know how to actually go about that process and they don't have maybe the support that they need to go into the, to the feeling body into the somatic body to where they can truly feel the pain for the first time at its depths and allow that to come up. And so I guess for the men listening to this based on your own, transformational process and journey you've gone through, what would be some key things here for some men that are also in this sort of position right now that are on this precipice of, of transformation and desiring that, but don't really know where to start.
0: Yeah. I think the first place to start is to stop intellectualizing our experiences,
1: Hmm.
0: right. To stop placing so much meaning around the mentality around it because that's predominant in today's culture, healing culture. It's like what we all grew up with. Like, let's just go to therapy and and talk about everything. And after we talk about it, we're good. And, and I think that is a really dangerous and also maybe even ignorant way to go about it, right? I say ignorant because we just don't know what's accessible or what's available. So when we can first recognize that our pain is not in our mind, Our pain is in our body to then go into feeling more and thinking less, right? Like the most easy explanation I can give is when we recognize that we're experiencing pain or we're experiencing burnout or we're experiencing overwhelm or we're experiencing anger, especially that's the primary emotion. I think most men experience and channel in very unhealthy ways and mechanisms that surfaces through a lot of maybe unhealthy expressions, we'll say. And I think if we were to step back and zoom out a little bit from the mind and zoom into the body and start developing somatic intelligence, right? To start developing a relationship to our emotional bodies, to our physiology, especially because of what we know, Like if we are experiencing health issues or anything else like that, it's maybe instead of going to get a blood test to validate our experiences, learning to validate that for ourselves first and really feel into what we think and feel about ourselves because of the things that are happening on this like superficial level and to really have the awareness and the willingness to go deeper and go inside of it and be open to the mystery and into the feeling. Because we think we have it figured out, right? Because we went to therapy or we talked to our homie or we talked to our partner or whatever. And it's like, okay, I talked about it. I got it out. But really, I feel like that just calcifies it even more, right? It just kind of strengthens the story instead of really going inside of it and shifting it in a way that facilitates pain for us to actually experience safely, right? Because men, especially us, and I'm sure you might resonate with this too, right? We were told for a really long time, right? Rub some dirt on it. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a pussy, blah, 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 all the other things. And because of that, it's like this false persona, this, this costume that we put on every single day as if though we're not human, but we are. And, and I think that first step is to really acknowledge the beauty and the depth and the mystery of our humanity. Yeah. All of that being summed up in one.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the key right there. And and the last line that you said, it's it's to fully embrace our humanness and to fully accept it for what it is and the 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 that pain-pleasure threshold and spectrum that we all surf. And what is it what does it actually feel like to actually experience anger as anger without it being channeled in these unhealthy ways? What does it actually feel like to experience and sit in grief? What does it actually feel and experience to sit in all of the spectrum of what we've talked about? And it's through that your, your gifts and your gold uh, is found and your uniqueness. Right. And it sounds like that's been the journey for you. And, and again, even for myself, it is the shadow is that gateway to the light and, and the true light that is who we are uh, beyond all of the constructs and stories that we've created. So yeah, I, I can't stress enough of how important what you just said. And I just want to drive that point home. It is really coming back to the sense of, of feeling. And through that, our entire field of intelligence opens up our intuitive faculties and and so forth. So what have you seen as a shift within yourself, having gone through, um, you know, and continuously exploring your, your somatic body and, and the intelligence that's waiting for you? What has been some of the transformations you've experienced through this?
0: Dude, the main thing is peace. Mm. It's, it's just this feeling of peace, these, these moments of peace, I should say, because for a really long time, I never knew what the fuck that was, right? Like my whole life was built on adrenaline and chaos. (laughs) And for me personally, just going into this work, like deeply into the somatic intelligence, into the emotional body and everything else, it's just been like, when I have a moment of peace, I can actually enjoy it. And when I'm able to fully enjoy the moments of peace, I don't search for the next moment of chaos. And it allows me to be fully present with my kids. It allows me to be fully present with the issues, challenges, struggles I'm facing. So I'm not bypassing and escaping or trying to eliminate what the thing is, because it's not so much the game of elimination. It's just transmutation, right? It's just knowing how things need to move in order for me to feel my best right and i see through the lens not of like the higher self but the higher selves really you know the light and the dark both are higher selves it just depends which one we're shining that light on right so it's been able it's been give, able to give me a new lens to look through to where i don't see life as this inevitable and endless pit of suffering but really something to l- wake up and look forward to living every single day, like looking forward to the pain. I can't tell you how many times I've crawled out of a sweat lodge and said, thank you for the pain. Thank you for the pain. Thank you for the pain. Because without it, who the fuck would I be?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that in itself is, this idea that we talk about a lot in the spiritual community and the healing community is the idea of seeking freedom, seeking peace, all of all of this stuff that we talk about. And I feel a lot of times we are, as you mentioned earlier, intellectualizing and conceptualizing what all of this means without actually feeling the depth of what it is and to become the embodiment of that, you know, As much as you can. Of course, we sink into old ways and we come back, right? It's pendulum effect. But as we continue to swing, it gets a little bit easier and more graceful to exist from those higher states of being. And, you know, as we are being fed every fucking day with information about what to do to fix this problem, alleviate this symptom, to um, manifest your dream life and more money and, and just all of the information. So we're just, we're constantly, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience as well, throughout these years of chasing and striving and forcing and trying to just continuing to find that next high. And it's like, whoa, we've just got lost in it all and we need to come back to simplicity. And really that's at the core what I think all of us are seeking and what I attempt to do in my own personal life as well as in my professional life and how I serve people is to bring all of the complexity back down to the simple because we've over-identified with all of these different concepts and themes and all of this stuff, but it's not really what it's about. It's actually coming back to, like we've been talking about, what is true? What is true is what we feel in that moment as humans right now having this experience. That's what's true right now. So mm-hmm. coming back to that is really where we need to be. And, and I think when we can be there and we can continuously go there, that is when we find that peace, that freedom, that fulfillment that we are seeking, which has already existed and has been within us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you pointed out something really important that I think we should definitely address too, right? Because it's this information consumption delusion, right? This reality where information is just being poured at everyone left and right. It's like every coach, every creator is putting out every single piece of content every single day and people are just kind of like stuck in these doom scrolls where it's like, oh, I found a solution, but instead of integrating it, I'm going to keep scrolling to find another solution. And after 15 seconds, I've already lost the solution that I found. When in reality, I can just work on one thing at a time, right? I think that's such a critical part of this too. It's like, we don't need more answers, right? We need more clarity. We need more space to really commit to the things that are important and the things that are truly standing in the way from un, from us unlocking or unleashing our true potential.
1: Dude, like I think we need to dive into that even deeper right now because this is such an important topic. What we were speaking to offline is this sense that we are just, and I wanna speak from two directions and I wanna hear your opinion on this as well. So as a consumer, me as a Autonomous, sovereign being, scrolling through social media or whatever it is, as a consumer, receiving all of this data, right? And through this data, now taking the perspective as a also a creator and somebody that is putting out content, all of the things that come up through that all of the things that I've spent years in this way of imposter syndrome and comparing myself to others. Oh, that means because this person posted, I need to go think about some content I need to post and I need to put this out there on a consistent basis. And it's like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. What are you doing here? You know, where are, this is true validation seeking and I am attempting to receive my level of worth Hmm. by the number of likes or comments I'm receiving by the amount of content that I'm creating that's unique and original, but it's like, I'm just fucking fooling myself here. And you know, it takes some real honesty right now to get clear on what is the true intention behind what I'm sharing or what I'm consuming. And I think a lot of us, we've been sucked into this fucking rabbit hole Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of debate out there and you look at social media as a whole, there is a very uh, dark, ominous presence that's really attempting to get our attention here and to suck us in through the mind, (laughs) right? And again, this is a whole nother conversation with itself. But my point of saying all of this is one, to be real and raw and honest with what I've experienced. So with that being said, I'd love to hear how, what you've experienced in this as well and how this has kind of shaped you to where you are right now. And perhaps there's things you are still working through but I'd love to hear that.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, dude, I'm going through that right now. Like I'm just now putting out into the world literally today, like 30 minutes before we jumped on, you know, this spiritual psychopath, like, here it comes, here it comes. And I already feel this thing inside of me that's like, oh wow, I just posted that. So now I got to be consistent. But then after you saying exactly that, I'm like, actually, no, I don't. I don't need to change anything that I'm doing right now. And that's the illusion, right? It's the illusion that we're putting stuff out. So now that we're holding these expectations of ourselves, right? And then the dopamine, right? The likes, the comments, the validation, instant gratification, it's just feeding this perpetual cycle of this imposter syndrome. And I think we all experience it to some degree. I know I sure shit do, you know, even as a reverend, I'm like, oh, should I even like say that I'm a therapist? Even like in legally practice <laughs> as a counselor, there's still that part of me that still has all of these ingrained beliefs about healing and the medical system and laws and licenses and I'm trying to my very best to see beyond that. And I think a big part of that for me is the identification piece, right? Because there's such an attachment to how we identify ourselves through our media because it's also being pushed down our throat that it's our greatest resume. And, and because we're still predominantly in a, in a corporate influence type of structure where the majority of the population works underneath other entities. And they're not so much sole proprietors or entrepreneurs, because even though there are a lot of entrepreneurs and businesses in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much, right? Cause this is the United States where it thrives. And I'm sure the numbers are much, much lower across the globe, which I haven't looked into statistics of it, but you can see even in like the North American region, there is such an emphasis placed on how we're showing up, right? If you're not showing up every day, you're doing society to service. If you're hiding your gifts, then you're actually creating more cruelty in the world because people need your healing. People need your services. People need your voice. Yes. And they're going to find whoever the fuck they're meant to. So why are we in this perpetual state of forcing and, and, and distributing When in reality, social media is not fucking real. (laughs) It's not real. It's a highlight reel. And I think we get lost in the importance of it because a lot of our commerce, right? A lot of the economical systems that we're all contributing to rely on it. And there is a reliance factor. So it's this deep-seated sense of safety, this false sense of safety that it provides, whether that's from a financial or from an emotional. And that's even what I'm seeing now with my daughter, even, you know, just seeing how easily these children are becoming attached to these devices and how much importance they put on their attention or their their exposure, you know, and they're, they're trying to outsource real human connection through these digital currencies in the forms of likes and shares. And it's actually pulling us away from our humanity more and more and more. And and that's a huge issue, right? On a collective level, because I know personally it's influenced my self-esteem. I can admit that. Even more recently, it's like, wow, like I'm getting really shit engagement. And that's also because I'm not posting every day. I'm not chasing to be seen right so there's a part of me which i think is the double-edged sword right it's like i'm being consistent i'm putting it on the world i'm getting attention and i'm keeping my ego in check versus i'm not gonna post i'm not gonna play this game but then when i do play this game it's almost like i'm shooting myself in the foot so like where do we win (laughs) like (laughs) where do we win really you know so it's it's been frustrating for me really And I'm, I'm still repairing my relationship to technology and social media and everything else. I'm Mm -hmm. still going through it.
1: Brother, like, yeah, I just want to say, I appreciate you for sharing all of that because, you know, that's a common struggle that I think a lot of us, especially as creators, uh, you know, the battle that exists within the mind, this tug of war that happens, and I think, yes, everything you said and the other aspect to all of this is that, you know, or just to kind of add on top of this is that we are forming these beliefs based on what people have told us that if we are productive in this way, then we will see the, the result of that, right? Whether that's another client or a program selling out or whatever it is from a, from more of a creator standpoint. But you know what I found over the, over these years is like, that's actually all bullshit. What's really true is the frequency of, and the vibrational essence that you emit on a daily basis, whether that is with a group of people out in the world, or whether that's just you alone in your bedroom. That is what actually draws in everything that you need to not only survive and make money and so forth, but to thrive and the right people and experiences and opportunities just show up without you fucking having to do anything with you just being focused on <laughs> what your intention is and being clear in that frequency that you're emitting on a daily basis. Are you existing from a place of peace and a place of gratitude, a place of love, a place of positivity, uh, that in itself is what you're putting out, of course, and, and, of, and Or is it on a place of of shame or guilt or fear or any of that? And it's really just a vibrational energetic game that we're all playing. But we've been duped to think that we need to do and perform X, Y, Z to get this, that, and the other thing. (laughs) But we got it all fucking wrong. And I think it's really the permission I've had to give myself. Of very much over the past three months, it's been actually sinking deeper into what does the the feminine aspect, the energy within me desire right now. And I've been calling to more rest, to more recuperation, to a more yin style of living for this this moment until I balance back out because my masculine was very much running the show and just like, Wanting to go, go, go. And it's the shadow part of the masculine. It's not actually sitting within the part of me that desires rest and relaxation and and contemplation and meditation to really recharge my batteries, but also to create from that place and then use the masculine to take inspired, exciting action towards the things that I want to build. And that's the calibration I think we're all going through, but we're not really sure what that looks like. And we're trying to figure it out because there's no true manuals on this shit. So yeah, I just (laughs) wanted to add that in there.
0: No, man. And I I 100% agree, you know, and even as you're speaking, I'm 100% listening and this, this thing keeps coming through me because, you know, all of this attributes to money, I think, right. Especially in the creator economy, it's all a money game right? We look at how the world functions. We look at, you know, politicians and we look at the banking systems and all the bullshit that's happening right now. And it's interesting too, right? Cause, cause you're talking about like the energetic affluency of it, not so much the demonstration of it. Right. And that's the same thing with like wealth frequency work, right? When you work with like a money coach, sure. They can give you a budget or they can give you you know, different tools to make sales or whatever, but really we're working with our core conditioning. And when we're able to, again, like you said, moving into that feminine to actually rest and rejuvenate and recover and replenish and also remember who we are and how we be, that's the biggest thing, right? Cause it's like, it's remembering that wealth is not the money in your bank account. Wealth is not your total asset value portfolio worth, whatever wealth is emanating the frequency of how you be and being in a position and a place in your life where you truly enjoy everything. And that's where people get caught up. I think I know sure. Shit. That's where I got caught up for a really long time. And, I, and I'm still integrating that, you know, it's just this year that I've really kind of discovered the, the quote unquote secret sauce, <laughs> you know but that 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 is kind of what you're alluding to right and i think if we were to take the pressure off of making money and if we were to place that pressure in a canister that could express itself in a healthy way i think what we would find is like this deep rooted collective shame and if we're able to navigate that with ease peace joy and positivity right? That is right. Navigating our darkness. And then it becomes our Dharma. And then the reward becomes everything else that happens afterwards. It's not just the client, right? It's not just the one payout. It's not just the one contractor, the one gig or the one deal it's life, right? That's what the fucking goal for is, At least hey, for me right. now, <laughs> that's my goal. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I I'm like, so on the, on, on this, Everything you said is deeply resonant to my personal experience as well right now. And I think, of course, to a, a collective experience to a certain degree, you know, there's a lot of people that I feel listening to this conversation will absolutely resonate with this. And uh, you spoke to the idea of wealth frequency, and that's really what what we're alluding to and what, you know, I believe is incredibly important to derive and, and take from this conversation is that To be alive, to play, to share ourselves from a place of authenticity is really where true wealth lies. And the material aspect of it, which is literally just the effect of our inner consciousness, our consciousness is the cause That then creates the external reality that we experience, which is then the effect, whether it's money or anything, other material object that is going to come into our reality as a result of us actually being in vibrational alignment and energetic alignment with our truth, which is really what wealth, abundance, prosperity, all of these things, that is our true nature, love, wholeness, freedom. Mm -hmm. So... That within itself, and I believe one of the most important things we can ask ourselves and as a place of inquiry is if, if money were stripped away, if we just put money aside in this topic mm-hmm. of, in this triggering topic for many, put that aside, how would we be showing up in the world? What would we be doing? And also how would we be being, how would we be in ourselves? What would be the change in the difference that would happen as a result of us actually existing from that place? And that's where you begin to maybe receive some of those answers, that sense of clarity and and then being able to fully step into that. And that's, I think, where a lot of times we misstep, especially myself, you get caught up in old conditions of like, oh, no, wait, I need to do this to get this paycheck or get this client. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. What is, what is exciting to me right now? What is fucking lighting up my soul? And how do I want to express from that place? That's what I want to be focused on because that's really where the true currency lies is in that.
0: Yeah, dude, absolutely. You know, and there, this has been coming up a lot for me recently. I've been waiting an opportunity to share it. But like when we pay attention, because we talked about the social media thing, and I think this kind of brings it full circle is that so many people are paying with their attention to the things that are maybe not as important, the things that we're not being lit on fire by right on a soul level, we're paying attention to the things that are wrong, the things that are unjust, the things that are just further perpetuating the victimhood narrative around us being wounded, which yes, we can be. And there are certain aspects of victimhood that are valid and this perpetual state of not enoughness, of of brokenness that I think a lot of people feel and experience. And it comes in waves, of course, right? Depending on our current state and circumstances. And that's, you know, the trepidations of life, right? That's the irregularities of our heartbeat and our, you know, rhythm that we're always evolving and changing and growing just as the seasons. But really when we start paying attention Right? paying our attention because attention is the new form of currency, right? And how are people getting to pay if they're not using money, right? They're consuming content, they're consuming more information. And they even try to inflate that more and more because even in psychology of sales, where it takes approximately what seven to 11 or 12 touches, right? They say to make a sale, it's almost like this, this constant state, constant cycle. And it, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. So if more people were to pay their attention to what soul, sets their soul on fire and what really helps them feel alive and true to who they are without any judgment or ramifications, like it would look a lot differently. Because take money out of the equation. What is it? It's attention it's, it's all attention. And then that's again, influenced by your intention. But when the intention and attention meet and intersect at this beautiful place of purpose, that's where alchemy happens. That's where the magic is.
1: Mm, Beautifully said. I love that. That's a really, really key point to this conversation. And, and I feel like you know it's it's the way i see it cuz i'm a visual person right i see it as this sort of uh, you've probably seen the um the youtube video uh that they did years ago called in shadow right yeah it's yeah. Know, when i first came out I'm like man i've watched that several times it's it really depicts a really powerful point about where society is but what i see and what i remember was one of these clips from that Where there's a box around this person's mind, right, and all of these things are being fed Mm -hmm. into it. So we're really just creating our own prisons when we're engaging in this way without intention, and when we're doing it unconsciously. Stop outsourcing. And even when we're attempting to do it consciously, it still like brings you back. So it's like it's like you said. Where's the balance in all of this? What what does that look like? And for me, you know, personally there's been weeks now where I've gone on. I've engaged with it just to check messages or whatever. And I'm like, this doesn't feel good. And I delete it again. So I've done this like several times and then I'll (laughs) fucking delete it for like literally four or five days. And I go, I better get back on whatever. I'll just check what's, what's up. But I've, I've felt literally over the past, at least three to four weeks, like no inspiration to actually put out much content. And I'm like, okay it's been an uneasy feeling cause I'm like, was so used to another way of of sort of producing, I guess. And now that I've pulled myself back, I'm really observing, whoa, like are you truly living in integrity? Or is this all just continuously, even though their might, messages might be pure in a sense, perpetuating this exact behavior we're talking about and, and getting stuck in this fucking hamster wheel. So it's really this interesting uh, battle of, of having to really check yourself. (laughs) And it's like, it's, it's Mm -hmm. confronting (laughs) to say the least.
0: Oh, very, very. I mean, and you're familiar with John Wyland's work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, From the chorus. Yeah.
0: Even, Yeah. So even John Weiland, he talks about, and even in his programs, he gives like an integrity inventory, right? Where are you checking in with your mind? Are you checking in with your body? Are you checking in with your heart? And are you checking in with your word? Because if you're out of integrity in any of those places, then your frequency is always going to be off. And it's the recognition too, that when we're out of integrity, we get the opportunity to come back into integrity always. And when we recognize and acknowledge that we're always out of integrity in some way, shape or form, we always have this way to reorient ourselves. right? It's like this recalibration that happens and in this recalibration, which is what you're speaking to, where it's like I'm on, but then I'm off and then I recalibrate on the in-between. And when I feel good and when I've recalibrated what needs to be recalibrated, then when I do show up, the effects speak for themselves. The results speak for themselves, I mean. And I and I think that is more of an action plan for people who might be listening and and kind of looking at that, right? Because it's all about checking in, right? Internal reality projected in an external reality, right? Reflection and projections. We know how this works. And when we really master that, or at least come into contact with it to a deeper degree every time we visit it then things start to happen more seamlessly right there's more ease there's more peace because we get to be honest with ourselves we get to come into contact with the truth of who we are versus who we think we need to show up as because we've adopted some identity whether it's through our social media or our title or responsibility in the workplace right so i think it's 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 kind of like the intersection of all these things, whether it's energetic affluency to integrity to, you know, wealth frequency. I think all of these things are playing at the same time, which can get really complicated and convoluted. Um, and all that being said, I, I think it's a game of integrity, man. You know, as this conversation is kind of unfolded, it's kind of exposing this, right? Are you showing up with integrity? Are you really being open and honest with who you are, how you be, and what's going on in your life? So social media doesn't need to be as fake as it is, right? And that's where I've also been saying like attention is a currency, but authenticity is going to be the new currency for the leaders and guides who are really showing up. And I feel like right now, especially, there's a giant filtration and concentration practice or process happening where like the people who are not showing up with integrity are being filtered out and the ones who are, are being concentrated on. And I think if we were to maybe show up in all aspects of our life like that, things might look a lot different, like a lot different.
1: Yeah. Yeah it really, it really does come down to this. And, and I appreciate this point of being brought up of, of integrity. And, you know, that's something that I've had. I continuously ask myself every day. It's like, where are, where am I living out of integrity with myself and where am I living in integrity and how can I close the gap between those two? And again, this takes radical honesty and it's, it's very confronting, when you have to admit that there are certain ways in which I am not showing up at my fullest capacity, but that is precisely what we need to be doing and checking in with ourselves on a daily basis and also having those mirrors. Right. And that's why I've always felt that men's work and being in the spaces with other men is really important because it keeps us in check. It keeps us accountable for who we are in any given moment and kind of calls out that bullshit. So, um, I guess mm-hmm. one of the most important points, as you've mentioned, and, and credit to John Weinland for that, is the integrity checklist. I think that's a really important point, um, and continuing to yeah look at that every single every single day. And I do feel what you said about you know these people being filtered out. Right now, there is this mass i've seen this and i'm sure you've witnessed this too which is actually a really interesting point to bring up here in this conversation and i think also ties into this is that there's been this max exodus of the spiritual community and i put spiritual in quotation marks because it's really a lot of bullshit and there's been this exodus in which people have left that and unidentified with it and went completely to the other route to this new form of Christianity and following these teachings of Jesus, which are, that's a whole nother conversation, which is actually a lot of bullshit um, and not the true teachings of what Jesus and Yeshua was actually trying to admit and embody and say. Um, But again, that's another conversation itself. So there's been this like huge people, people leaving and then, It's like, where am I left here? And it's like, I think we need to pick up the pieces here and come back to a place of simplicity, a place in which we are living from what we've been talking about before, from this place of energetic alignment, from this place and depth of feeling and merging the human and divine. And what does that look like in this new wave or exactly just sort of these ancient teachings around what true spirit spirituality is. So I just wanted to bring that into the mix here.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I mean the first thing that comes into mind is like there's this religious fundamentalism that's happening, right? What you're alluding to in these like newer emergences. It's almost like when they started making edits to the text right? Whether it's like the new King James version or whatever they are. I'm not super deep in the the text of Christianity, but we're starting to see that emergence of this like religious fundamentalism, which is what I think people are seeking because of the simplicity of it. There are a lot of like simple teachings to it. And there's so much noise right now in the quote unquote spiritual communities that it's actually pushing people further away from their own personal path. Because a lot of it is, it's dualistic, right? And we see a lot of this, and this might be triggering for some people, but oh well. But we see a lot of this in a lot of the activist movements that are happening, right? Because if somebody doesn't support, encourage, or accept, or subscribe to a certain belief system, right? We can start falling into that trap where people are being attacked through weaponized pain right? Because that's the source of every activist movement is this form of pain where the victim hasn't been validated and the wound hasn't been healed. So it throws, it shows up through controversy because the adversity piece is so expansive, right? But it's almost like people are trying to overcome adversity versus transfigure it, right? Which is a, which is a totally different thing because when we try to just overcome these things, it becomes nothing more than the checklist, right? It becomes nothing more than, Oh, I'm like crossing off my spiritual to-do list. Like, Oh, I did a breathwork session and now I did this and now I did this and now I did this. And these are my 10 commandments of what I think is right. And I'm going to follow that path because it just feels right. And going towards more, you know, quote unquote, spiritual communities, it's, it's really intimidating because if you're not super inclusive of everybody's beliefs, or if you disagree, you're all of a sudden the problem. This is what we saw during COVID, right? If you're not vaccinated, you're the problem. When in reality, three years later, the conspiracy class of 2020 turned out to be actually correct with the information they had available. And because of that, there's no apologies. So who's the real victim here? <laughs> and and looking at not so much the story, right? We're kind of looking at the energetic influences of it, right? We're starting to really go down a really deep rabbit hole here where it, it's really convoluted it's really fucking convoluted. There's a lot of corruption in communities, right? A lot of them have actually started adopting more cult-like methodologies where if people don't subscribe to the community's beliefs or political beliefs or whatever the case may be, then all of a sudden they become almost like this outsider or this, this threat to the integrity of their community because the people who started the communities created a hierarchy and that's a bigger issue because those people are saying, well, we don't subscribe to religion. We don't subscribe to these structures and systems that are essentially fueled by fear. So instead we're going to create our own thing, but we haven't really stripped away that idea. Of the hierarchy. So it's become the same thing. Which is what we see in new age spirituality communities. That's all it's become. It's just become. A carbon copy. And it's been. Decorated with fancy language. And different words. And ideologies that. Fuse and mesh. All these different cultures and religions together. To where it becomes just this. Melting pot of theology versus actual community where we can have these conversations, right? And that is that space in between with integrity, whether you check it every day or every week or every month. When you recognize that you're out of integrity, what's the challenging conversation you need to have, whether it's with yourself or with another person? And why are we not having these conversations in community? with a safe and effective, simple, sustainable solution that promotes growth, healing, change, transformation, and belonging so everybody can remember that we're all here walking along the same path in different paths in parallel ways. And that's how we can come together, but for some reason we're not doing that. Instead, we're throwing labels at people like they're a narcissist or They're a perpetrator or they're a predator or, or whatever it is, right? We see that a lot and it's almost like the same story just written in different words. That's it. And that's the big movement that's happening right now where a lot of people have realized that. So what are they going to do? They're going to revert back to what they know. And here we are again.
1: It's very interesting because what you've just mentioned and all of that, which was beautifully stated, you know, and and I think what really is the core issue here within the human complex is this idea that we're seeking a savior, and so we're going to bounce to all these different places to seek the savior, which is when we need to come back to: we are our own medicine, we are our own healer, we are our own guru, we are all of these things, and that nobody else outside of us should be put on a pedestal. And when we can realize that truth and we can come together in and around that truth, that true spiritual leadership, true spiritual leaders will never tell you that you need to do X, Y, Z to quote unquote, heal yourself. No, they will guide you back to the power and the truth that lies within you. And they will empower you on that journey, but only you can come to the answers that you truly seek. And that is totally up to you. But, you know, I think there's been a lot of confusion and intentional confusion, um, uh, put out into all of these spaces and you know again if we were to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole you look at what potentially could be happening here and why that is and if you have sort of this this alternative force infiltrating these communities, it's trying to create confusion that, okay, well, this doesn't resonate, well, maybe this does and It's just like seeking all of these different things and then you don't even know what the truth is because you're actually not going within yourself, you're continuously seeking outside. So it's actually created to, to perpetuate the state of confusion that people are in constantly. And then what do you have? You have a species of people, a collective of people that are disassociated and don't know up from fucking Hmm. down. And now you can easily manipulate and control even further a population that is in that state.
0: Yep. Absolutely, man. Like talk about predatory, right? It's that, that seems super counterintuitive. And that's where we as humans need to stop outsourcing our connection to God. Ultimately, creator, spirit, universe, whatever designation you have, right? It's relationship over religion and anything that has a structure and a set of rules that doesn't guide you back to the God in you, deception. It's just straight deception. And I think that's where authenticity needs to fucking happen more for leaders to really come forward and say, I fucked up and I acknowledge that I fucked up and I'm willing to bring that into our community without feeling like I'm going to lose this pedestal that you've put me on because the pedestal is more important than my priorities. That's what needs to happen. And I think if we had that, which I think it will, maybe not in our lifetimes, but I think it will, it'll happen. I think we're starting to see that shift. We're starting to see leaders who are out of integrity, starting to be exposed, right? We saw, you know, something not too long ago, right? The Dalai Lama, we start seeing, start seeing all of these gurus, whatever the hell that means, being exposed for their inefficiencies, for their inefficiencies and their lack of integrity. And it's absolutely necessary. And I personally, I chuckle at it a little bit because it's only a matter of time. You can only hide so fucking long, (laughs) you know? And, and I know you might resonate with that. I know I do. It's like, even when I'm out of integrity and I'm afraid to come back into integrity because there's this like resistance, it's like, Oh, I don't want to like lose this friend or I don't really want to like lose this client or ah, I don't want to lose something, right? Mostly my pride. It's in that space where all the excuses start to happen. And it's in that space, which is the only space that the magic actually needs to happen. That's the only place the solution lives. So how long can we delay? until eventually, like a ticking time bomb, it blows up in our fucking face and then boom, Dalai Lama's plastered all over the news, all over the world. And guess what? Now people don't trust his teachings when all he had to do was acknowledge his shit. That's all he needed to do. But you fuck around and you find out. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's it is quite comical when you look at it because you do have to bring a sense of humor and lightheartedness to all of this because really at the end of the day it's all one grand play we're all we're all experiencing here. However, what is truly what's happening right now is the exposure of the quote unquote darkness that is within us all. And it's happening on a very, very, very deep personal level, as well as a collective level as the mirror to our personal level. So what we are seeing with the Dalai Lama or anything else, it's really just then coming back to ourselves instead of judging that experience, which, easily we can all do and have is having the judgment of that experience. And there's nothing wrong with having these conversations and talking about it because they need to be acknowledged. But then it's asking the true hard questions. It's like, okay, so this happened with the Dalai Lama. Where am I not living in alignment? Okay. And like, it doesn't have to be on the level this happened, but it could be something simple in your life. And that's, that's where we just continuously go back within, right? Okay. I saw the mirror on the outside. Let's bring it back within. Let's dial it back in.
0: Right. I think it's what we all need to do. I mean, yeah. I mean, even on that note, you know, and then we might be able to transition into that darkness piece because that's a really important factor, but like, you know, it's really common that people avoid the news, you know, and I understand that. There's a lot of manipulation. There's a lot of, you know, bias that goes into those things. And a lot of people are opposed to it. When, of course, I think that it still serves value, you know, specifically to what you're speaking of. I'm seeing this happen in society. Am I using it as an opportunity to check in with myself? Or am I unwilling to see it? So then I avoid it completely. And then we actually lose touch or connection with collective consciousness and and i think that's why also when we avoid our darkness that's where people get stuck because we feel like we have to go through this darkness alone or we don't we're not sure how to navigate it when in reality it's just looking at everything that's happening around us and saying cool how did i manifest this experience how did i attract this partner Where am I out of integrity here? Where am I being unfaithful here? Where am I lying here? And where am I being dishonest with myself more than anything? And that is shadow work, right? Quite, quite simply, that's shadow work. Just being incredibly fucking honest with ourselves and being open to the idea that there might be something there that we are not aware of, especially considering that we're about 90 to 95% unconscious. There's a lot of information there.
1: The bulk of our reality lives there and we can, we can extract what we, what we need from those places to then create that life on which we are living in a place of authenticity. And yeah, brother um, I would love to continue to this dive into this conversation because there is actually so much more that we could speak to. And perhaps that, Really elicits a part two here. Um, I do have to dive off of this for and leave it to where it's at right now. But before I do that, I want to just check in with you. We discussed a lot today and, you know, we really dove into many different conversations all around really the same thing as we've really, I feel, done a good job bringing it full circle. But if you could sum up maybe a few action steps that the listener can leave with to really begin living a life that is in alignment with him or herself, what would that be?
0: I think it's that integrity check, that integrity inventory and the action step would look like listing all of the agreements you currently have in your life, right? Whether they're contractual agreements, whether they're verbal agreements relational agreements and listing these, you know, contracts out and also the covert contracts you have with yourself. Like what agreements do you have on a deep level that you might not be aware of? Right. So a question to ask would be what agreements did I make without knowing it was an agreement? (laughs) You know, a simple introspective journey through that question would bring you to your covert contracts. And when you find these agreements, determine, am I in agreement or am I in integrity with this agreement? Yes or no. And if it's no, okay. Are you out of integrity in your mind? Are you having sinister or maybe even some passive aggressive thoughts about this agreement that you're not communicating? You know, do you have an unhealthy belief system that's supporting this agreement? That's a really important one. In terms of the body, that can be like an agreement with your health, right? I said I wanted to be healthy this year. Have you really upheld that agreement? Because if not, chances are you need to have a very challenging conversation with the part of you that doesn't want to fulfill the higher standard that you're calling in. And then, of course, there's your heart, right? Like, are you waking up every day and going to a job that you fucking hate? Are you communicating your needs to your boss are you maybe on your entrepreneurial or creator pathway and you're kind of still one foot in one foot out you haven't really fully committed yet you're not really extremely passionate about it maybe money is the primary determinant versus value and impact and fulfillment and then with your word I think we can go all day on that one, but really like what things are you saying to yourself and other people that are just simply not true? And I think that piece alone, just getting really honest with yourself to start will at least give you a reference point. Because if you don't know where you're at, how the hell are you going to make a vision and go where you want to go? You have to have two reference points on a map to have direction And that is the clarity that is necessary for you to step into your higher or more expanded state of evolution so you can fully be yourself and fully be of service. Not just to people you might work with as clients, but to the people in your life who fucking love you, your children, your community, your family, your mother, your father. Those are the relationships that matter most. And I would say start with those relationships, start with those agreements, whether they're contractual, mental, from the heart or through the word. I think that'd be a great action plan.
1: I love it. I love it. I love bringing this whole, whole entire conversation back to this place of, of simplicity, right? And, and, and the importance of just this exercise alone will be extremely illuminating. Um, I know that everything you just stated is something that I do quite regularly, and something that, again, yes, is very illuminating, but also clarifying. And we then, once we realize, it's not to bring you. And I, th- I want to mention this last point what Nathan has shared is pure gold and it's not to bring you into a point of self-criticism or judgment. It's more so just to bring you into the place in which you can observe these things happening and then take ownership of it and actually take, you know, action towards creating something new. It's not to bring you where you're like that inner critic is stirred up. Cause sometimes often when we're seeing these things that were out of integrity, we're like, fuck, you know, and then you start judging yourself or whatever it is. And it's like, no, 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 that's not where we're taking you. You want to take into a place of honesty and then take action forward from there so i just wanted to mention that as a side note
0: yeah absolutely and then after that discovery and coming from the place of observation find someone to support you with it right you don't kind of do that alone and i know it might be controversial to what we were saying before where it's like constantly seeking constantly seeking and the wisdom lives within you and Normally, the people that we find to guide us are simply just one or two steps ahead that have the systems and the skills that we might need, so then we can discover what that is for us on the inside. Right. And I think that is the other piece, right? Because the the trap that some people fall into after doing this work is they go to Google. Or they go to social media and they start to find all these solutions. And then they're stuck back into that perpetual cycle. And then the inner critic becomes louder because now you have painful hyper awareness. And without deliberate, intentional action, it's just going to compound on itself again and again and again. So simple, sustainable, and streamlined, and really, really clear and intentional with the why. You want to come back into integrity beyond just the sake of being someone of integrity, because if you're just doing it to come back into integrity, just to say you're of integrity, that's an ego game. But if you're coming back into integrity because you truly care, appreciate and love the thing that you're coming back into, into integrity with, that's where the love lives, right? It's not another to do. It's not another checklist. It's simply just a map with reference points for you to unlock greater levels of love.
1: Boom. And what is it living in integrity with? It's literally at the end of the day, it's living in integrity with your soul. And when you can do that, that's when life really gets truly exciting and Uh, Yeah, it's been an honor, brother, uh, having this conversation with you. It's funny because uh, before this conversation, just even last week, I was having a conversation with a friend about many of the topics we discussed today. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I really got to do a podcast on this, but I wasn't feeling too eloquent at the time and just pushed it aside, but I wrote it down and I didn't really know that's exactly where this conversation would go today previous to speaking with you, but it was all perfect. I'm glad it happened and uh, would love to continue more conversations with you and really enjoyed the, the space today. So uh, before we go, just let people know where they can find you and then I'll put in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, brother, this has been an honor, man. Thank you so much. Really, really honored always just really appreciate the way you're showing up. I love that this is going to be a resource for people, whether it's for discovery or healing or whatever else. So I just want to acknowledge you and your willingness to put your work out into the world continuously. It's inspiring. Yeah. And everybody can find me pretty much almost every single social channel at Nathan Kohlerman, just my name. They can go to my website, newintention.com, N E U, intention.com, and I will have the Spiritual Psychopath podcast launching July 17th, my 31st birthday. And of course, I'd love to have you on as Sweet a guest, here, man.
1: Love it, thank you. And I would love to to support you in that. And yeah, so everybody go go follow Nathan. And um, yeah, there will be more uh, more on this. And I, I'm really excited to to get this out to everybody. And yeah, brother, it was a pleasure, as an honor. It was an honor, and I look forward to all of the beautiful unfoldment that will take place as a result.
0: Likewise, bro. Much love to you and your family.